You're listening to Adjuster Talk with Jason Heenan. We also need to keep the customer in mind and how intrusive we are. And the coronavirus did give us an opportunity to work on our customer service skills or develop our customer service skills. For sure, the type of consumer we have now is much different than the type of consumer we had 20 years ago. Most people, as long as you know how to help them help themselves, can go and take photos, even in the order you want them to, and can generally send it over to whatever file sharing system you have. That is not the hardest part of the claim. It's just organizing all the different pieces that insurance companies need. But it's certainly important, and the coronavirus led that opportunity to further develop our virtual claims adjusting skills. Welcome to Adjuster Talk, your go-to podcast for all things insurance adjusting by Jason Heenan of Royal Adjusting Services, a leader in the U.S. claims adjusting landscape. We're here to delve into the dynamic world of independent adjusters and share insights and industry trends that matter to aspiring and seasoned insurance adjusters. At Royal, we handle the full spectrum of claims and catastrophes, specializing in residential property claims. Our mission? to provide a better, faster, more cost-effective claims experience, improving outcomes one customer at a time. So whether you're an independent adjuster looking to join a leading team or an insurance agency seeking unparalleled service, Adjuster Talk is your window into professional claims adjusting. All right, thank you for that great introduction. I am your host, Jason Keenan. And today, I just wanted to bring you guys a quick episode. I would like to call this episode the five characteristics of top performing adjusters. What we're talking about is the gestures that we see who are continually year in and year out, season in and season out, always on the top of the list for both performance and number of claims settled. You know, having recorded a whole bunch of shows for you guys in the last year or so, we've been laying down laying low and working hard to improve our business, not necessarily to make it bigger, but to make it better. And if you're going to have a better company, you have to have the best adjusters, that's for sure. Here are the top five characteristics that I believe make the adjusters outperform an average independent property adjuster. The first characteristic, I think this is paramount, is any top business professional is certainly going to be organized when it comes to the clock, meaning the adjuster is responsible with their time. And I'll just speak anecdotally about our business and how we handle the time clock and how it applies to the business of insurance adjusting. So, you know, the industry has gone through a lot of changes in the last few years, which is not uncommon. We're always changing paces. But one thing that has remained the same is that there are 168 hours in each week, okay? And that is a given. It is understood. And a top adjuster certainly knows how to use all of those hours. The top adjuster is definitely going to be focused on their business metrics. And here are a few ways we measure how organized an adjuster is. So whenever we get a property assignment, What happens is we get a notification from one of our insurance carriers who we have an agreement with. And from right there, the clock starts. That's minute one. 
And what we do is we create an assignment and then send it out for investigation to the field. Now, in order for the claim to get out to a good start, we feel like you need to be out to the house within 72 hours to investigate what it is the insured is claiming. And then after that, there is another time period where you have to get your report written and submitted to us for review. So what we do is we put a line in the sand at 72 hours and then another line in the stand at 120 hours, which is five days. And that typically, if you can get a claim in five days or less, you're providing the top end of service for an insurance company. That's going to be competitive with the best IA firms and the best staff carriers in the nation, especially if you're a licensed adjuster and you're out on the property within 72 hours. That is organized and certainly meets the criteria of what an organized adjuster is. So those are those two incentives. And then anytime you turn in a claim after 168 hours, it better be because you're waiting on a report from a expert on something. In other words, like there's three licensed trades, which are HVAC, your air conditioner guy, he has to have a license. Your plumber needs to have a license. There are different rules for different states on that. Texas just recently changed their rules on what you need to have in order to do plumbing, install plumbing, and then to repair plumbing are two different things. And then the third one, of course, is you'll need an electrical expert or an electrician for any electrical issues that are not just completely obvious. So if your claim is going to last more than 168 hours, which is seven days, Sometimes you'll need to have another expert at the property to figure out what is going on. So again, as far as a top adjuster goes and making this point that the top adjuster is certainly going to be organized, that adjuster, whenever a claim is going to go long, that adjuster is already ahead of it and has good plumbers in mind or a good electrician in mind or somebody they know is responsive and can get out there and get them the data they need to close their report down or to submit their report. All right, let's move to our second point of what is a characteristic of a top adjuster. And this is specifically a property adjuster. The adjuster is going to be prepared. And by prepared, I mean prepared for the opportunity. Preparedness should be an important part of every single one of your days. A top adjuster knows that they need to close all of their day's problems out at the end of the day because tomorrow is going to have its own set of problems that already have been scheduled and prepared for. Just like yesterday's problems should be behind you and shouldn't come up and bite you. If you did a good job and you were good and thorough with your work, you shouldn't have a whole bunch of customer service to clean up from your old claims. And you shouldn't have a whole bunch of rejections on reports that you need to go in and create better details or, you know, perhaps just maybe do your first proofread altogether. A prepared adjuster, all of that is taken care of. The file's not submitted or considered complete even until you've edited your own work at least one time. So that was my first point about being prepared is that yesterday's problems stayed with yesterday. Another way that a top adjuster would be prepared is their equipment is always ready and maintained. And what I mean is I think about my own self whenever I was disorganized in the field. I can remember my ladder falling out of my truck, which is dangerous to everybody because I didn't take the time to tie it down correctly or good enough. And that happened in a crunch time. I was in Hurricane Ike in 2008. I think that was the fourth year I was adjusting. So that was the time whenever the fear and the frustrations are starting to wear off. You're starting to believe in yourself quite a bit. 
And then you start making careless errors because you're not paying attention to details quite a bit. And you're starting to focus more on the business. But that doesn't happen to a prepared adjuster because they have their tie downs ready. They have their backup tie downs ready. And the reason you prepare as an independent adjuster who's, you know, just an independent business person who chose adjusting as their trade, they know what opportunity looks like. So, you know, the old saying goes, luck is when opportunity and preparedness meet. Well, you can't be prepared and surprised. Like that should not happen. And if your equipment isn't ready, you aren't ready. Because whenever the call comes in or the text or however it is you get deployed to your event or however it is you get your regular business, when the demand comes in, it usually comes in a big way. It's kind of like whenever you work for a fire station or a police station and it's Friday night or Saturday night, the volume is going to be high. The same thing goes whenever you receive your insurance claims. The insurance companies or the IA firms aren't going to call you in a low volume kind of, we might need you, we might not situation. Normally, whenever you get the call, you need to be ready. And if you don't have your equipment ready, that means you don't have your clothes ready. It means that you don't have your hardware ready to go. And that most likely means your software is not ready to go. So just all those little things right there add up in time whenever it is go time, whenever opportunity finds itself. And that would probably be a good place to discuss the types of opportunities we've seen empirically with the coronavirus. We had to change the way we do business during the coronavirus. And then we had the big freeze event that occurred in Texas at Valentine's Day. So I'll just talk about those things briefly, and then we'll get back on to our track, and I'll give you the last three characteristics of what our top adjusters look like on paper. Let's talk about the coronavirus and talk about it not in the negative way. Everyone likes to talk about coronavirus in the negative way. We're going to talk about it in a positive way and say that was an opportunity for IA firms because a lot of the old school and smaller businesses, the companies that have the most difficult changing, meaning the least prepared, the least organized companies, the ones who are set in their way and they can only offer one type of investigation or one type of way of doing business. Those people lost business because of the coronavirus. Now, a lot of people did because the economy slowed down, less people are on the road. I know auto claims got crushed. We've seen a ton of good auto adjusters who crossed over to property and good timing too. We have had a lot of good property growth this year. So here's what happened with the coronavirus. People didn't want you in their house. And the last thing we wanted to do is send in an adjuster who was sick or even worse, send an adjuster out to inspect somebody's property who wasn't sick and they come home sick or they take it and they give it to many other people. So coronavirus gave us an opportunity to become more prepared, focus on hygiene, focus on good health, focus on our customer service, because those things became super important. People were very, very just shy of social interaction in March of 2020. We use that as an opportunity to expand our virtual claims adjusting experience and work on these smaller claims where people, you know, when they're making a claim, that's exactly what they're saying is, hey, I have a problem out here and I would like an investigation to be complete. You know, I think it could qualify for payment. That's what people are saying whenever they file an insurance claim. But what they're not saying is that I would like a huge investigation with dozens of people over at my house, like you would see on a TV crime show or something. What they're looking for is just someone to conduct a good customer service experience and then collect all the information they have 
and send it into the insurance company to see if it qualifies for payment. Well, on smaller claims, it is good to be Obviously, we have to be thorough. Obviously, we have to get the facts the insurance company needs to make a coverage determination. But we also need to keep the customer in mind and how intrusive we are. And the coronavirus did give us an opportunity to work on our customer service skills or develop our customer service skills. For sure, the type of consumer we have now is much different than the type of consumer we had 20 years ago. Most people, as long as you know how to help them help themselves can go and take photos, even in the order you want them to, and can generally send it over to whatever file sharing system you have. That is not the hardest part of the claim. It's just organizing all the different pieces that insurance companies need. But it's certainly important, and the coronavirus led that opportunity to further develop our virtual claims adjusting skills. So that was a nice change. Are you ready to elevate your career as an independent insurance adjuster? Visit adjuster-talk.com to download our exclusive guide, Five Ways to Improve Your Independent Adjusting Career. This essential resource contains insights and tips to enhance your professional journey. And remember, a polished presentation at a claim isn't just about knowledge. It's also about gear and attire. Royal Adjusting Service supports you in every way ensuring you make the best impression every time. Don't wait to take your career to the next level. Head to adjuster-talk.com today and start transforming your future. And we're talking about preparedness. We had to come up with that stuff just like overnight. As you guys remember, the headline came out in early January and then by March it was pandemonium. That's when everyone was emptying out the grocery stores and that kind of thing. We had to move and think on our feet in order to stay in business. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't send out a statement to their carriers explaining what they were going to do. Ours was as simple as we're going to follow what our local government, our governor did. And then for each state, we had to keep up with what their governors were saying. So, but we were prepared for that because it was spring. It was getting ready to storm season. Everyone was keyed up and ready to go. And then we got something a little bit different. We got the coronavirus instead of a chaotic spring season. Now, we did have a big hurricane season last year, but that's another story for another day. And then most recently, we had the big freeze storm here in Texas. And that was a good storm. We ended up with quite a few people who were very, very prepared and ready to go. I'll just say this, that was probably the easiest event I have seen as far as what an adjuster needed to be prepared. You didn't even need a ladder for the most part for this free storm because it was a bunch of bursted pipes and that thing. So if you had your professional work outfit ready to go and a few days change of clothes, active exactimate, and then a measuring tape and a good smile, good hygiene, you were ready to go for the big freeze that happened, started around Valentine's Day and lasted till the 19th in 2021. That was a good storm for everyone prepared. We ended up just using experienced adjusters. We only had one or two new people who performed very well. We ended up with a good cycle time during the thing. It was a really, really good storm. We were prepared for that. Well, there you go. All right, let's move on here. We're burning through the clock pretty quick, trying to get you guys the best information we can to make the use of your time. Again, if you're a listener and you're thinking about becoming an adjuster, I put these points together for you to see if you think you have the qualifications to be a good top adjuster. This is what it takes. Number three, all top performers, and I think this goes across the board to any independent professional, is they are great communicators. No doubt about it. And that is something you can start practicing now and use as a life skill all the way through your life, past your professional career. You need to be able to communicate effectively. What does that mean for an insurance adjuster? 
they, first of all, absolutely must be responsive when it comes to on the phone or email. My gosh, email. If you are one of those people, and all of our top performers are, when they feel the phone vibrate in their pocket, they're making a mental note of it, and they get in their vehicle after an inspection, and they clear out all of their little things that pop up during the day. They are great communicators and they're effective because they are responsive on their email and their cell phone. We talked a little bit about, let's see, you know, a lot of these points will overflow onto one another. Timely with all things, this goes back to the 168 hours. You have to communicate within that time to be effective. And as it relates to insurance adjusting, the adjuster must make good notes. Okay. So think about the different steps of the claims process. As a property inspection team and a negotiation team, we have the middle parts of a claim investigation, but we have to be able to tell the insurance company what's going on while the claim is in our possession, meaning the insurance company receives the notice of loss and then they would retrieve the policy jacket that goes with the resident premises that they insured. And then what they do is they'll send an assignment out to an independent adjuster with those two documents. So you'll see the policy jacket and then you'll see the notice of loss, which will have uh, basically how to get a hold of the insured, where they live at, what their general coverage is, like their high level information on their policy. And then what's going on, you know, what's going on with this claim. And then again, I'll have their contact information and how they prefer to be emailed, text, called, whatever it is. The insurance company gives us that information, but then they also, when they give us that information, they're giving up basic control over the claim. So after that, the claim goes onto a calendar, like a schedule, and it won't get a follow-up for at least seven days, typically. Now, we hope within that seven days or that 168 hours that the insurance company gives us the claim and has good faith that we're taking care and acting in best interest of their timelines that they have to meet with their department of insurance. They're hoping we take care of all those things. And we're hoping also that we have a report. Now, that'll come in again at the 120-hour mark or certainly less than the 168-hour mark. Now, if that does not happen, though, we have to take good notes. We have to be able to communicate good notes to that insurance company. So a professional insurance adjuster is always going to have up-to-date and thorough notes in their report. And that doesn't mean the guys are in there writing a short story or a beautiful paragraph even. All they're doing really is they're checking into their claims management software. We call ours RCS, which is Royal Claim System, but it's just a file sharing software with, you know, some additional features, basically. So you'll put your ESX and your report in there, but you'll also say initial contact, spoke with Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, scheduled a time for April 1st at 2 p.m. or whatever it is. That is what a great communicator looked like. That note may only be three inches long, two inches long, may only have seven words in it altogether. But the fact that it is there and it has the exact information we need makes the adjuster a great communicator. Now, what we'll be looking for if that note goes in three days for the inspection is we're hoping that we can go in and give the insurance company an update the day after that, saying that the inspection happened and we're waiting for the report. We anticipate a report within the next 24 hours. That happens, that situation I'm describing right now happens on most claims, okay? And if the insurance company doesn't ask us for that update, we like to volunteer that update to them. 
Let's jump back. Right now, we've covered characteristics one, two, and three. The adjuster's organized, prepared for opportunity, and a great communicator. This is the fourth characteristic of what a top adjuster would look like is they have goals. I know you hear that on every single one of your motivational podcasts and every bit of your motivational reading or your organizational reading or whatever it is you're reading to help develop your character. You're going to hear that across the board or across the playing field. Every top performer is going to have goals, meaning they have broken it down to the numbers and there's some sort of measurable accomplishment or a measurable value that a person or a professional is trying to reach within a certain time frame. For instance, it's real easy. The calendar's already broken up into 90-day segments called seasons for us. So most of the time, adjusters have goals for each season, or perhaps they have a goal for the entire year. Let's talk about that. It's not easy to talk about money in claims without offending somebody because there's so many different players. There's so many different levels of skill. From start to finish of the claim, there's probably 10 different jobs that will look into the claim or has participated in the claims process itself, even if it was just underwriting coming to look at an underwriting issue. There are all different qualifications and pay levels. So we don't talk about money in pay. We talk about money in claims. And that could be, you need to think about that. If you owned a tire store, you wouldn't talk about money in dollars. You'd talk about money in tires. Like, you know, we don't need to make $1,000 a day or $2,000 a day to keep the lights on at the tire store. I'm just giving an example. I don't have a tire store. But you would say, you know, we need to sell at least two sets of tires a day in order to keep the lights on. Do you see how much more friendly and accommodating that is or less intrusive? Like, they're just units or widgets or services or something other than U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars tend to make people think about their own money and their own income and that type of stuff. So what you talk about when you're setting goals as an insurance adjuster is how many claims you'd like to get settled. Because you know, as a professional insurance adjuster, a top insurance adjuster, that's an easy number to find is how many investigations you did last year, how many more you'd like to do this year, and what it would take to fill that gap. Or maybe you already have all those customers in place, but you need to figure out how to slide an extra 180 claims in over the course of 12 months. That's the type of conversation you're going to have with a top tier performer. Those are the types. And then they're going to break it down to their expenses even to make sure that they're shaving the corners on their expenses and getting the most value out of all the different services and different things that we have to pay for as independent contractors. So a top adjuster is certainly going to have goals and they're going to know how to achieve them. It's not just relying on having a hurricane or having some major disaster. They know how to make money year in and year out. They provide value even on slow days. All right. And let's see here. I'm talking about, man, Steve DeLeon. He's my guy. He has a lot of goals down in Houston, Texas. Chris Howell, he's not on our roster right now. We used him in the past, but he's always up to something good. Someone new we've been using, John Foy. He is organized, a great businessman, and came in asking all kinds of good questions, that type of stuff. We had a lot of success with him. And so when I think of guys who have goals, I'm just naming off three right there that came to mind when I was making the point four. The last point I'm going to leave you guys with of the five characteristics that I think are important and that are common in the uh, top performers, the last characteristic is the adjuster is going to be passionate. Meaning, when I think of passion, it's not hard to see on paper, but usually a passionate person is great at more than just one thing, okay? And I'm going to give you an example. This is the coolest part, I think, about insurance adjusting and what was majorly attractive to me whenever I got into it. And it's even better now that we communicate so much better and so much quicker and more effectively. 
Some of our top adjusters, one of them is a professional bass fisherman. I can name off two that are deep sea saltwater boat captains. One of those guys also has a body shop that they run. So you were talking about a super qualified bunch of people. Another top adjuster has a farm with cattle. Okay. So in other words, what they're doing is they're keeping these animals alive and groomed. And as these assignments come in, you know, and they have their business, their home business taken care of, they're going out and running these inspections. So maybe the farm life isn't the most super exciting, high paced life. Obviously it's a good income and a good life. It's worked throughout history. And then this farmer also using the habits they learned of getting up early and uh, making sure that everything is fed and taking care of the fences are tended to. That type of same behavior is easy crossover to a business professional as an insurance adjuster. And then, of course, we have many hunters. So it's a society of good old boys, no doubt about it, but they are organized. And whenever I say that the adjuster needs to be passionate to be a top adjuster, it's because typically that professional has learned passion through a different trade. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it is another way of business. No telling what it is, but that person undoubtedly has charisma and is excited about doing work. He's excited about showing off their professional skills and typically has thought about it enough that they're able to talk about it and get other people excited. So there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'll do a better job of recording these thoughts, what I feel like are good thoughts for you guys and not waste your time with a bunch of silly stories. I understand now that most of the time, if you're in here checking out the Just Talk podcast, you're probably either old school adjuster figuring out if you want to come to work for rural adjusting services or you like what you hear at Adjuster Talk or you're a person who's interested in getting your feet wet and just looking for the right information to boost your confidence or to say, yeah, that's me or no, that's not me. Maybe you heard today's show and something scared you and excluded you. That part, I'm not sure, but I want to help everybody on here who's tuning in and deciding if this more untrodden path would be more attractive and available to you with the right information. And maybe you found that in a taste show, maybe you didn't. But that's the type of information I'm looking to share with you guys is whether it's for you or not. Thank you for tuning into Adjuster Talk. If you're inspired to join the ranks of skilled independent adjusters or an insurance agency looking for top-notch claims handling, your next step is clear. Reach out to Jason at Royal Adjusting Services. We're adjusting claims and setting new standards for customer satisfaction and efficiency. Join us in our mission to deliver exceptional service in every claim, every time. Contact Jason today at royaladjustingservices.com and discover how you can be part of the royal difference. Your journey in claims excellence starts here. <laughs>